You're listening to True Story, a night of true tales told to friends. We are less than 48 hours away from the end of a Kickstarter campaign to make the True Story game. If you haven't heard, it's a card game that unleashes the storyteller in us all. Video and details at truestorygame.com. You wouldn't be listening to this show if you didn't love listening to stories. We want to make this game to bring stories into your living room, told by your own friends and family. We are so close to making that happen. We're just short of the minimum number of orders needed to manufacture the game. If we don't reach it, no games will be made and no funds will be collected. True Story is purely listener-supported. If you're a longtime listener or if you're new to the podcast and loving what you hear, now is your chance to show that you appreciate the work we do. And get excited to play, because your pledge will serve as your pre-order of the game. We've got other rewards, too, for podcast listeners especially, like access to an episode only for Secret Society members, or a really special gift. We'll produce a custom true story episode of you or someone you love telling a story. Grandpa, maybe? The campaign ends Tuesday at 9 p.m. Pacific time in the U.S. So get on it. Go to truestorygame.com. And if you've already backed us, thank you. We love you. The following story comes from our friends over at Lemon Tree Creations in Toronto. I consider myself to be fairly intelligent and especially when there's no one around, I feel very intellectual. And I feel like I have a lot of opinions on things that are very, um, very black and white, very straight and narrow. Basically, I'm telling you this because when I ended up in the back of a pimp's car driving to Brampton to visit a psychic, I didn't have any of the thoughts that... I usually had about prostitution and why it was wrong and all of these things. So I have to back up and tell you how I ended up there. So I had a roommate. I had two roommates at the time. And my one roommate had a best friend who came over to our house one day and she was like, I want to tell you guys that I have become a call girl. And we were like, oh, my God, like, are you okay? Like, what can we do to get you out of this? Like, should I call the police? Like, I don't know what you need. Can we give you money? Do you want to come over? What's the situation? It was especially weird because she was a teacher and she was like the most self-sufficient person I knew at the time. Like she had a job and so anyway, and she was like, no, I, this is something that I chose and I want to do this. It was basically her dream, I guess, or her fantasy. And she told us that she was like, I love sex. I love men. I like the attention from men. And I, this is something I've always wanted to do. So we were like, okay, uh, okay, okay, okay. So she went off to do that, and that was fine, and she would come by every now and then tell us stories, and it was actually kind of exciting, because she would tell us stories about, like, it was basically Pretty Woman. Her life was Pretty Woman. She would tell us about these guys who were, like, millionaires or had money, and they would take her places, and she would travel, and she was making a ton of money, and it was great, and we were like, you know what, if that is empowering you, and you feel good about that, like... And she seemed really good. She was good. She called one day and she was like, you know, as, as a treat for you guys being my confidant, because we were the only people that she had told at the time, I want to take you guys something fun. Let's go to Brampton to this, like, 
world-class psychic, apparently, who lives in Brampton. And I'll, I'll take you guys out there and I'll treat you all to this psychic session. So we were like, great. So we decided to meet at a Starbucks kind of in the middle between our houses. And when we got there, I thought she was renting a car because none of us had a car at the time. But when we got there, this like egg blue Cadillac pulled up and there was her pimp inside. Like the guy was her pimp. And he was just a, a ridiculous caricature well, I don't know that there is a non-caricature of a pimp, but anyway, she, he was a caricature. Like 65, he had a button-down shirt with like lots of chest hair. He was Eastern European. And the weird part is that he had a really heavy gold chain, but it had a huge Star of David. Like he had like a gigantic gold Star of David, which I thought was so bizarre. It was completely bizarre. But I got in the car. I totally got in the car. He bought us Starbucks. We were driving out to Brampton. He was like incredibly charming, which was a bit terrifying and exciting at the same time. Because I was like, oh my God, he's like nothing like you would think. Like he's a really nice man. And an hour into our drive, I remember being a bit jealous because he told my uh, roommate, like, he was like, I think you could work. I think you could be a part of this profession, and he didn't say it to me, and I was like, well, what is that? Like, I was a bit <laughs> upset, which was, I was also very conflicted. I was like, I what is going on right now? But I realized that shit happens really fast with pimps, I guess. Like, that's how charming they are that they... So anyway, we drove out to this psychic, and a lot of shit happened at the psychic. I can't even go into that whole story because I only have 10 minutes. And as we were driving back, he took a shortcut, and I remember thinking, okay... So this is the part where I die and my mother finds out I was with a pimp for, you know, no apparent reason and I die in a field somewhere. But he actually drove us back to Toronto, which was great. And about a week later, this girl came back to her house and she was like, look, I'm really stressed out because I'm so busy. Like she was making a ton of cash and apparently when you make a ton of illegal cash, you can't deposit it in a bank. Like you can't just take like $2,000 and deposit it every day. So she was like, I'm hiding it in my bed. And she cut a place out of, of the wall in her apartment. And she was like putting bags of money in the wall. But I was like, it's a rental. Like if they kick you out and you can't get back into the wall, like that's a problem. Anyway, so she was stressed out and she basically came to us and said, look, I need your help. I need some people just to man my phones because I have like six phones and I have to keep track of all these appointments. I need, like, I need a staff. And my roommate and I, once again, were like, hell yeah, we'll do it. I mean, you can leave your burner phones at our house and we will take your appointments. And um, great. So she left her phones and that was basically our day job for a little bit. We would take the calls and we would write down their name and their phone number and they would give us like just the pertinent information. We'd keep the list and then we'd phone it into this other woman who would like facilitate the experience or whatever. The crazy thing about it, it was very every day. Like it was like people calling for doctor's appointments. Like it was very regular. And 90% of the guys were totally completely blase and normal and whatever. But 10% of the guys were really weird. And out of that percentage, there was a pocket of sad sacks that would call. You could tell that they were really lonely and they wanted to talk to you, like they wanted to know your name, and like how you were. And there was one guy in particular that would, 
he booked a lot of appointments with her and he always wanted the girlfriend experience, which is like they hang out with them first before they have sex with them or sometimes they don't even have sex with them. And he basically would call and he always wanted like to walk up and down Young Street with her or go to a movie, like very regular like kind of date things which started to become really depressing to me. And then he started to open up more. Every phone call he would tell me weird shit about his life that I hadn't obviously asked. Like I would always try and keep it very like, I don't really want to know. But he revealed that he was training to be a doctor and that he had spent all his student loan money on prostitutes. And so he was taking a break from medical school so that he could pay back some of his student loans so he could get more money to go back to medical. Like he was basically in debt over call girls. The more I talked to him, the more I even realized when talking to her that he never wanted sex. Like he only just wanted essentially a friend. And it was that situation right there that I realized like there's always someone getting fucked over in that situation. Whether the woman feels empowered or the man feels empowered, there's always somebody who's who's sad and injured and broken. So basically through my interactions with that guy, I, I started not being able to sleep at night. And this was like a one month. This all happened in a month. I was like, I can't do this. Like I'm, I can't, I can't be involved. I feel like he's spending all this too low money. I, I just couldn't sleep. So I told her, look, I can't do this anymore because I feel like we're hurting this guy's feelings. And she was like, that's totally fine. My roommate after a while also dropped off. And she continued on without us. And after a while, we kind of all, it kind of just all dissipated and we, we didn't end up hanging out with her anymore. But that is my crazy story I can tell my children one day. True Story is produced by Will Rogers, Daniel Steinbach, Kevin Townsend, and me, Zandra Clark. Our theme music is by Daniel Steinbach. To learn more about the True Story game, head to truestorygame.com. Everyone, I hardly know you, but when something comes and grabs a hold, take the hands that open up, a life that's led is something gold. I've been alone I've been